Hello, my name is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. My prayer for you is that this message would be meaningful to you, that it would challenge you, and that it would help you move forward in your faith. To be a part of all that we get to do here at Redefined Church, visit us online at churchredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, welcome back to the Foundation of Families. We're in part three this week talking about solid kids. Solid kids, how to... Bring up kids with Christ-like character, knowing that this is God's goal for the entire human race, is for all of us to be and have the, the character of Christ, to be like Jesus. And so then how do we bring up kids with Christ-like character? Week one, we talked about solid faith. If you missed a couple of those, I just want to hit you real quick with that. Solid faith. Week two is about solid marriage. It's a prequel to this one. You have to have our way. Like Heather had her way. I had my way. We started having kids. We, we merged our values what we believe, what we're going to build our house on. We created our way instead of battling the battle of wills for each other's way. And so because we have our way and a family mission, a family vision, family values, B values, family attitudes, things that we do, things that we say, people who we are as a family, we get to talk about solid kids today. This is something that I've been a little bit leery on sharing about in the past. I've been asked several times to share what we do inside of our house, but I don't have grown kids. And so I've always kind of held back and said, you know, we're just trying to, we're just trying to do right by the will of God, by the word of God. And so how do we raise godly kids from childhood to adulthood? I don't have a clue. I can only talk to you about childhood. And I know that's the foundation. And I can tell you that we're trying to raise great adults, but, but that's all we're trying to do is raise great adults. Okay. And people tell us all the time how great our kids are. Your kids are great. They're well-behaved. They're well-mannered. And that's great. That's great. And I really appreciate it. But they also don't live with us. So they don't see, they don't see how uh, the grind of constantly teaching and training, right? They don't see what we see. They don't feel what we feel. They don't hear what we feel. They don't, you know, every family, I think every child uh, or every brother and sister have those times where they disagree or, or get in scuffles. We're the same. Our kids aren't perfect. We're not perfect. And we don't have it all figured out. I do uh, know that we're doing this based on the Bible, based on the truth of God. And we're seeing good fruit. Um, but it's not because it's easy. It's because we're very intentional and we take time doing it. And so you ever notice how hard it is to see when you're in it all the time? This is the same for us and kids. Like, we get compliments and we get told and we get asked a lot, hey, what do you, how do you, why, hey, could we, could you get your kids to be around my kids? And, and it's like, I mean, yeah, but that doesn't mean anything's going to change for your kids or, and, and really your kid might rub off on my kid, right? And so all the things that we're trying to teach might get just thrown out the window. We don't believe that because we're playing the word of God in their heart, but that's, that's possible when you're dealing with kids, right? And so sometimes we can't see how good anything is because we're in it. And I do want to say this, we do have great kids. We do have great kids. Oscar, Kaz, Laney, and even Axon in his 20-month-old self is great. And I'm so very proud. I know you're watching today. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of who you are and uh, your amazing kids. And so I love you. All right, so because we're building, if you go back to week two, because we are building a solid marriage unified by solid faith, it's producing solid kids. You can't have dysfunction and, and division and believe that your kids are going to be whole and, and just brought up, you know, going from house to house or, or whatever it is. And so it's only because we've established our way, me and Heather have established our way, which is honor, honesty, and hospitality. It's the foundation of our church. By the way, welcome all of you from the Grove who are watching. It's amazing. We're, we're working towards a church merge. It's amazing. 
This is kind of the adult version. Honor, honesty, and hospitality is kind of the, the, the big sky, the big look at it. And we believe that um, our, as we look at the, as, at the big way, our kids know they can say um, anything to us. Okay, so then in our communication with the kids, I want to hit this real quick. Our kids can talk to us anytime they want, and they can say anything to us that they want as long as these three things are present. Honor, honesty, and hospitality. And it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how bad or how good, how clean or how dirty, how wrong or how right it is. You can tell us as long as there's honor and honesty in it, and obviously it's going to be done with love. And so then honesty, honor, and hospitality watered down is this. If you remember last week, we talked about how we got here, how we got to our way. Honor, honesty, and hospitality is Heather. That's our agreed way to move forward. That's what we build our house on. That's what we build our marriage on. And so then uh, these are the three things that Heather and I cling to and we believe create unity in our house. And so then unity will exist, we believe, everywhere around the whole world. If honor, honesty, and hospitality are present, there's an opportunity for unity to be there, right? If it's true. And so this is true for our house, for our community, for our world, regardless of what you look like or where you come from or how you vote. If there's honor, honesty, and hospitality, there is chance and opportunity for unity. So how do we get these into our kids? Because that's pretty big blocks, pretty big rocks, right? Honor, honesty. How do you teach that? How do you teach that? And are they right? Is this right? And I'm just going to tell you, if it's rooted in the gospel, it's the truth. The truth is right. And so, yeah, now there are thousands of verses. Thousands of verses that you can choose from and many ways to go about raising your kids from Genesis all the way to Revelation, okay? And we're not at the finish line yet. So um, as a matter of fact, you know, many of you know that we hit the reset button the other day and we're expecting number five in uh, late April of 2022. And so honor, honesty, and hospitality in our house simplified looks like this. If you're a note taker, this is an acronym, T H O R. P-E, Thorpe. Here's what's crazy. We're from Oklahoma. This is an acronym that came, came um, to us, not because of Oklahoma, but because of who we are. And here's what they stand for. This is who we are. We are thankful, honest, obedient, respectful, positive, and encouraging. Now, many people say, you can't have more than three. No, you need to raise your expectation. You can have as many as you want. And you can teach as many as you want, and you can train as many as you want. The issue is consistency, not the number. It's how, how consistent, how intentional are you with them, okay? And so there are, <laughs> T-H-O-R-P-E, there are six things there, okay? We are thankful, honest, obedient, respectful, positive, and encouraging. That's the way they go out for the acronym, but we start with positivity, and so I, in case I missed that. This is who we are. Now, now when they leave their teens, okay, so when... We, we train a child in the way they should go. I'm going to jump into a ton of scripture here in just a second. Train a child in the way they should go. When they leave their teens or adolescence, they transition to adulthood, which is when we really want them walking out honor, honesty, and hospitality, which all fall under thankful, honest, obedient, respectful, positive, and encouraging. Okay? And so then knowing that, what you know is this. You will go to and move up or, or transition towards honor, honesty, and hospitality from being thankful, honest, obedient, respectful, positive, and encouraging. Where's that in scripture? We're going to take a look in the full version of our video. So where do we find Thorpe? 
It's Colossians chapter three. If you're taking notes, I'm going to reference verses here. And I, before I go, you can go to Colossians chapter three right now if you'd like. And while you're there, I just want to tell you, here's a couple of things. Here's what we say. In being positive, I told you we start with positive, And so then if you're going to skip down, you can. But I think good thoughts. I think good thoughts. That's Colossians chapter two. And I'm really thrilled about this because this is how we're going to wrap up next week with the foundation of family. Okay. The second thing, be thankful. So thankful. This is, I am grateful. These are the things that we say. I think good thoughts. That's positive. That's verse two. I am grateful. That's verse 15 and 17. I always tell the truth. That's verse nine. I'm a good listener, which is obedience. That's verse 20. I'm a great example, which is verse eight. I love everyone, which is verse 11 and 16. So then what are the actions from these things? I think good thoughts. My B value, the B value is B positive. It's verse two. I am grateful. Be thankful. Verse 15 and 17 of Colossians chapter three. I always tell the truth. Be honest. Verse nine. I'm a good listener. Be obedient. I be obedient. Verse 20. I'm a great example. Be respectful. It's verse eight. I love everyone. Be encouraging. Verse 11 and 16. And so if I'm going to be positive, how can I, how, how do I be a positive person? How do I be a positive person? It starts in your mind. You're going to win it in the mind first. We talk about it. We're going to think it. We're going to speak it. We're going to believe it. We're going to live it. We're going to get it from our head to our feet and everything that comes out of our mouth, the, the, the life and death or the power of the tongue, those who love will eat of its fruit. So we speak it. So we battle negative thoughts with a positive thought. We speak the positive thought. We believe the positive thought. It's rooted in scripture. And then we live it out. So then we win in the mind first. Be thankful. It's having an attitude of gratitude. Always be thankful. Always be thankful. For everything that you can complain about, there's something to rejoice about. Always be thankful. Attitude of gratitude. Be honest. We understand that nobody's perfect. So I can't sit across the dinner table behind me and tell somebody how bad they are, how good they are, how terrible they did, or how good they did, or any of that without owning my mistakes first. Nobody's perfect. Be obedient. This is following through. We just follow through. We're teaching follow through, right? Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. How many times should we have to tell you? One time. I obey right away. How many times do I have to tell you? One time. If we have to tell you three times, what are you choosing? You're choosing disobedience. Okay? Be respectful. This is treating others like you want to be treated. It's Matthew 22, 37-39. Loving God and others as you love yourself, right? Everything you have. And then be encouraging. Love everyone always. Love everyone always. Don't pretend you know where they are or where they're from or what they've done or where they came from, right? Love everyone always. So let's move on. Our big hopes as parents are to teach obedience, love, and positivity from Scripture through their childhood. This is what we're working on right now, okay? And I'm not going to go any farther than this today, okay? And to teach honor, honesty, and thankfulness through their teens, which is what we will progress to now. We teach all of these all the time, but our focus is obedience, love, and positivity, okay? Honor, honesty, and thankfulness kind of get the uh, honorable mention. We do this through uh, Bible and breakfast. We do this through leadership teaching. We do this um, through journaling. We do this even through goal setting, okay? So there's all types of things that we do. And here's what I want you to tell, I want to say, we've progressed to this. This started with doing um, a big family breakfast, BFB on Saturday morning. It was once a week. Big family breakfast. And then it stemmed to, you know what? I think we could make 
time every day during breakfast for this. And then it went to, I think we can do this. I think we do Bible and breakfast every three days and teach leadership the odd days and do the big family breakfast on Saturday then Sunday have church and just really keep instilling these values in our kids, right? And so it's been a progression. Now you would say, that seems like a lot. I don't know if my kid could handle that. And it's true. As a man thinks, so he is. I've learned through coaching that, that we expect too little of our kids. We expect kids, children, teenagers are way more capable and have way more than we expect of them. So then raise the expectation to raise the level of the leader, right? And so we do this. We raise the expectation because God's entrusted us with them. God says in Psalms 127, 3, children are a gift and a blessing from the Lord. Proverbs 22, 6, this is three different versions I'm going to give you, but they're so good. And I merge them all together. I can't even tell you what they are, but here's what they say. Start, direct, or train your children in the way to the right path. And when they are older, as they grow, they will not depart from it or leave it. Leave it. This is why we do this. This is why we sow into our kids. So as adults, and this is huge, so as adults, they will be well and enjoy long lives. If you're writing anything down, do that. This is it. So if we're going to have solid kids, we have solid kids. We want solid kids. So as adults, they will be well and enjoy long lives. Believing. And this is what we believe in our house. How we live is a result of who we are, not what we do. What we do stems from who we are. So then, how we live is a result of who we are, not what we do. Okay? I got those scriptures that are reference. And so then, where did we start? We started with a vision for our family. Here's the vision for our family. It's 1 Timothy 4.12. Live as an example in word, deed, purity, faith, and charity, and everything. Be an example. Say, be an example, even if you have to use words. So our kids know. Guys, what's the vision for our family? By the way, I was going to have our kids sit in on this, but for time's sake, we didn't do it. And so, what's our vision? To live as examples. And I'd probably say, to be an example. To be an example. And so then, what's our mission? What's our mission or our motto? Right? How do we get there? How do we get there? And it's four L's. And so, we love always. We learn every day. We live in a positive way. And we lead well. We lead well. Love always. What do you mean love always? Love God, self, family, and others. Period. Learn every day. What do you mean by learn every day, Dusty? We're going to seek God. We're going to listen well. We're going to receive correction. And we're going to follow through. That's what it means to learn every day. We're going to live positive, which again, we, we do first. We have to start the day positive because it's easy to wake up grumpy, right? How do we live positive? We think it, speak it, believe it. And live it. Our thoughts become our words. Our words become our actions. We're going to lead healthy lives. We're going to lead well. How do we lead well? Three parts whole, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. We're going to live balanced lives. This stems from what we believe in our hearts. It's who we are. It's not a to-do. Now, I say everything that I've said thus far today, I say this with the understanding that you see yourself as a son or a daughter of God, believing that He created you that his son saved you, and that you have the ability to walk in the authority that he gave you on the earth. Now, what I just referenced was the three baptisms, if you want to do some homework later this week. So then we're all sons and daughters of God, approved by and accepted by him when we welcome and receive Jesus and we rely on him, right? 
John 1.12 says, whoever receives and welcomes Jesus, he gives the right, the authority, the privilege to become children of God. That is those who believe and adhere to trust in and rely on his name. You're all, you're all, we're all, we together, you alone are son or daughter of God. Now, these three phases of life as we transition, we talk about childhood, adolescence, and adulthood, right? These three phases of life, I believe, are found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. And if you'll go there with me, they're going to be on the screen. So if you have your phone, great. If you don't, it's all good. And if you're watching online live right now, thank you. Thank you for being here. It's a big deal. If you're on the podcast, podcast listens continue to just go through the roof. And so thankful that you're here and that you're a part of what we're doing. And, and I'm thankful to share. And so thank you for being here. Ephesians 6, 1. Children, so we're talking childhood here. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That is, accept their guidance and discipline as his representatives. For this is right. For obedience teaches wisdom and self-discipline. This is obviously talking about childhood. And what we see is in childhood, which is the first 12 years of a child's life from zero to 12. The goal is to learn obedience. Children, obey your parents. That is, accept their guidance and discipline as his representatives. For this is right. For this is right. For obedience teaches wisdom and self-discipline. The goal for our children that we are trying to teach our kids is obedience. Not because I said so, but because God called you to. Okay? Now we go to verse 2. Honor. And I'm in the amplified version, by the way. Honor, esteem, value is precious, your father and your mother, and be respectful to them. This is the first commandment with a promise. This is the first commandment with a promise. Now, this is speaking to adolescents, those 13 to 19-year-olds. Come on, somebody. I think everyone can agree that as teenagers, the number one thing that we need to learn, me included as a teenager, was honor. We need to learn honor. Honor God, honor ourselves, honor one another, and honor other people. Okay? This is the biggest thing we can learn in our adolescent years. Verse 3, so that it may be well with you and that you may have a long life on earth. Wait a second. We, we're training our kids for what reason? If you remember, go back so that it may be well with them and they may live a long life on earth. This is obviously speaking to adulthood. And as adults, if things go well, if things go well, then you will live a long life on earth. And so then we see through obedience and honor, through obedience and honor, which is two of our B values, through obedience and honor, the reward is that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Now, let's just talk about if we throw obedience and honor out the window. How many of you know that when those two disappear, sometimes, most of the time, things don't tend to go well because you become the boss instead of God. And when it's not going well, <laughs> when it's not going well, how many of you know that you don't want to be here long? If it's not going well, you're like, hey. And uh, it's the truth. I saw an Instagram reel this week. It's a spoof of a phone call with a woman. She's uh, pretending to call Jesus. Okay. And she's like, yes, yes, uh, yes, yes, Lord. This is one of your worshipers. Yes. Praise you. Praise you. Um, yeah, things aren't going as well as I had anticipated or had hoped for. And oh yes, yes. Yeah. Could you come get me? And I think that tends to be the case when things aren't going well, when things aren't going well, we just don't want to be here long. And, and the Bible here in Ephesians chapter six, verses one through three says, that through obedience and honor, the reward is that it will be well with you and you will live a long life. And so then Ephesians 6, 1 and 2 is, is twofold. One, 
We learn simple obedience and honor as sons and daughters of God. Me as a 40-year-old man and you in the age and the seat that you sit in of God. Right? And number two, we learn simple obedience and honor as sons and daughters, as his representatives or as parents. Not because I said so, because you're called to, right? And verse three says, get this, so that if honor and obedience become part of your life, okay, and it's how you walk, it's who you are, it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And so then let's go one step deeper because that's why you're here, right? That's why you're here. And so let's look at verse four. It's easy to just say obedience and teach obedience to children, but we must not just teach it. We have to train it. We have to lead by example. So they learn. So they learn. So our kids can learn. We want to have solid kids. And so Ephesians 6, 4 says this, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them. Dang. But train them. What do you say? Train them, bring them up tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is confirmation of Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way they should go, and they will not depart from it. Now, the warning there in the, first, in the start of uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 there is long. All these things you do not do, right? But train them, bring them up tenderly with loving kindness, and discipline them with instruction from the Lord, this is confirmation of the three phases of life, right? And so then how do we train? How do we train? And I think the first thing that comes up when we talk about training our kids is, should I spank or should I not spank? Do you spank? Do we spank? Oh, we don't spank. You spank. Yeah, we spank. Like, here's the deal. You can read the books and you can, you can listen to the podcast and you can follow the greatest examples and, and you can do all those things. It has to come to a root belief in you. It's in you, okay? And you can read a book or you can read the book. And how we train is in the Bible. How we teach is from the Bible. And so I think one of the biggest things that we learned, that I've learned thus far in our almost 11 years of parenting now, is you can't treat every kid the same. I started off treating everything the same, and it was wrong because they're very different kids with very different personalities, right? And so there's a big difference between um, uh a SWAT, one SWAT, or standing in the corner, or being talked to, and, and there are levels to this, right? We have three levels of offense, and correction for us, correction in our house always reinforces our B values. What are you talking about? We are thankful, honest, obedient, respectful, positive, and encouraging, okay? Why? Because Proverbs 23, 13, and 14 says this, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you SWAT him, listen, with a reed-like rod, applied with godly wisdom, he will not die. You shall swat him and rescue his life from hell. It will be well with you and you live long on the earth. It won't be well and you're out, right? The message translation is, is really good. It says, don't be afraid to correct your young ones. A spanking won't kill them. A good spanking with wisdom, with wisdom in fact, might save them from something, something worse than death. What's worse than death? The Amplified Version says, a life in hell, Okay. And so then Proverbs 23, 6, we're going to go back a little bit. It says, a whip for a horse, a bridle for a donkey, and a rod for the fools who refuse to learn. That's a big point there. Who refuse to learn, meaning that a spanking or the rod is not 
the first option. It comes into play with those who refuse to learn. Now, for clarity, when we say spanking or swats, we're not talking abuse. We're not talking anger or anything that we're told to rid ourselves of in Colossians chapter 3. So if you don't know what that is, you need to read the first part of Colossians chapter 3. The Bible does good to bring clarity to this point, but society keeps watering it down, watering it down and just pushing it away. And the reality is, is we can trust an expert who wrote a book, who doesn't believe in God, or we can trust the Bible and trust God. And so we address the issue. Here's how we address the issue again. The spank that's up to you, and that's in your house, and, and how you deal, and, and how we deal. This is how we deal, okay? So we address the issue. We're going to get all sides of the story, okay? We're going to talk it through. It takes patience, and it takes time. It, it also takes not being angry. It takes not being angry. Because to address the issue and get all sides of the story and talk it through means you've never picked anything up, that you're actually parenting with two eyes and two ears, right? And this is something that a screen cannot solve, and this is something that more screen time won't solve, okay? It's only going to make it worse. And so then, then, so then, once we've addressed the issue, we've sat down, we've had a good conversation, we've got everybody who's been involved, we've heard all of it, okay? Then we teach why we don't do that. And we relate it to our family mission, which is in Colossians 3, and then we also pulled into one of our B values, and then we let them think on it and process it. Now you sit on it. Then if correction needs to be made, if it still needs to be made, they've, they've refused to learn. We choose the method of correction. We take action, and then we let them sit and process again. And then we come in, and we forgive them, and we pray, and we move on one asterisk here. If anybody has offended or disrespected anyone, they apologize. After anything has been done that has hurt somebody else's feelings, been disrespected somebody, been essentially opposite of who we are, we're going to make it right with words and actions. We're going to think a positive thought. We're going to say, hey, I'm sorry for that. I love you. I'm going to give you a hug. I'm going to affirm that. We're going to move on, okay? Now, once that happens, once that can, that's complete, it's over. When it's over, it's over and over. Never to be brought up again by anyone ever. We'll never even speak of it again. This is how God forgives you. This is how God forgives us. It's our example. He's our example. And so I love the fact that, that God says, when you ask forgiveness, when you come and you repent and you ask forgiveness, I take that and I I cast into the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, it's forgotten. Never to be brought up again. That's how we do it in our house. I don't wait two weeks, 10 weeks, two years and go, you always do this. Do you remember? No. You're forgiven. We've prayed. Move on. You forget. Done. Okay. This is how we train and forgive our kids. This is how we train them. This is how we teach them. This is how we go. And I ask our kids two questions pretty regularly. I stole this from another pastor, and I just changed the words. But here it is. What would a great son do? What would a great daughter do? It's powerful. Because most of the time they come in and say, ah, is, that what a great, is, that, is that what a great son would do? And it's two-part. What would a great brother do? What would a great sister do? You just ask, what seat are they sitting in? And you ask a question. Well, I did it. Is that what a great brother would do? 
It takes two seconds. No, no, it's not. Have a good day. And most of the time it's that, it's that simple, right? And so sadly in today's world, we've changed our training methods and correction seems to be offensive, right? And so we have numerous methods of how we're going to fix things. And the reality is, if it's not rooted in truth, it will not last a lifetime. There's only one thing that lasts a lifetime, and that is the truth, the gospel. And so it might teach a good behavior. Lock into me right now if, you, if you've zoned out or you've sit back on the couch and you're getting bored and you don't want to hear about kids, okay? Reality is, if it's not rooted in truth, it will not last a lifetime. It might teach good behavior. Think about this. They might learn what they need to say. They might, need, they might learn what they need to do, okay? But it won't be rooted in truth, nor will it create belief. This is what we've identified. Spoiler alert, what I just said is called religion. What do you mean, Dusty? We know where to go. We know what to do, how to dress, how to talk, but we don't believe any of it. We behave Christian instead of believe Christian. And this is why people keep trending to slip out the back door. Oh, I thought these people were serious. I thought they were real. I thought this was the place. I thought, I thought these people had something. And the reality is, is it's just a behavior. It's not a belief. We have to get to the point, to the place as believers, as leaders in our house first and into our kids where our behavior matches our beliefs. Come on, somebody. Now, what is leading to this form of behavior is we believe the Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child, right? And the Bible doesn't say that. It does not say that. Who doesn't want to spoil their kids? Who doesn't want their kids to be better than them? Who doesn't want their kids to have it better than they had it, right? That's all I want for my kids. I want them to have it better than I had it growing up. I do. But that doesn't mean that I throw training and teaching and discipline out the window. Yeah, 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 you can have a piece of gum, right? The Bible doesn't say if you spare the rod, you spoil the child. Here's what it actually says. This is Proverbs 13, 24. He who withholds the rod of discipline hates his son. But he who loves, loves, he who loves him disciplines and trains him diligently and appropriately with wisdom and love. Man, I love the amplified version of the Bible. Why? Why? Why would we do this? Because we love our kids so much that we don't want them to go to hell. That's why. That's why. We don't want bad things to happen to them because bad things happen to bad people. What do you mean? Prison, assault, murder, death, hell, right? That's it. Where evil exists, evil things happen. Where evil things happen, evil people live. Evil people live in hell. Okay, that's just how it is. So, in training and disciplining your kids, there are three things that we've learned, and we are going to wrap this thing up. One, be very clear. Be clear. We teach listening, obedience, and follow-through. Make sure they understand the difference. Here's the example. Kaz, don't tackle your sister off the ottoman. Okay? Five minutes later, Kaz tackles sister in backyard. Kaz! I just told you not to tackle your sister. I wasn't on the ottoman. Okay, so what's the correction now? Kaz, don't tackle your sister ever, period. Do you get it? Yes. Now, what did I just say to you? 
Don't tackle my sister ever. Lock it in, okay? Clarity, 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 clarity. Be very clear. Be convincing. Number two, be convincing. This is the reason. This is the reason. Why are we teaching this? Why are we teaching this? We want to tie it to our vision, which is what? To be an example. How are we going to be an example? It's our mission. We're going to love everyone. We're going to learn every day. We're going to live in a positive way. We're going to lead well, okay? That's it. We're going to be who God's called us to be. Thankful, honest, obedient, respectful, positive, and encouraging. Is this what a great brother would do? Is this what a great son would do? Is this what a great daughter would do? Is this what a great sister would do? So then if you can't choose our mission, if you can't choose our vision, if you can't choose our values, our B values, then you're choosing correction. That's really good. Number three, be compassionate. Be compassionate. Don't act like you've not sat in that seat before. It's the best thing I can do as a dad is to go, man, I can, I can remember that. I can remember that. And so speak from that place. If you could talk to you then, what would you say? Right? It never fails. It never, ever fails. I'm not saying this is daily, but it's pretty dang close. Okay? Something will happen. Our kids will do something ignorant against the grain. And Heather will look at me and she'll go, this. And it's, she doesn't have to say a word, but what she's saying is, did you do that? Was it, did you do that growing up? Was that you as a little kid? And I have to go, sorry about that. You know, shake my head, affirm, apologize. Yeah, it's on me, okay? And I imagine Heather grew up in this environment much like the movie The Village, where like it was modern day outside of her house, but inside of her house, like very, very disconnected and very strict. And she was like so sheltered. I grew up on the exact opposite side. I grew up like on high alert, stuff flying through the air randomly, okay, quite frequently, a melon slap, a kick in the butt, okay, yeah, lots of swats, lots of whippings, okay. But in either environment, in, in Heather's environment or my environment growing up, there was no compassion. I say it loosely, but, I'm, but I believe it, I believe it a lot. There's no compassion being given. And that might be that generation, that is what it is. But as parents, I believe we're always to come from a place of love because it's about who we are, where we're going, and why we're here. Who we are, where we're going, and why we're here. Who are we? Where are we going? Why are we here? Okay, let it be in that, not because I don't like that personally. Who are we? Where are we going? Why are we here? Let them know what happens if they do it again. Let them know what happens if they keep this up. Let them know where they're going if this keeps happening. Let them know who they're going to be if this keeps happening. Let them know what it leads to, right? We're never going to correct an anger. We're never going to correct an anger. We're going to get ourselves together, right? We're going to cool down and we're going to explain. We're going to teach first. We're going to teach first. We're never going to correct in public. We're always going to be in private, right? It's the same thing in, in anything. We're going to praise loudly and we're going to criticize softly, okay? The whole neighborhood doesn't need to know how big of an idiot you just were, okay? Only you and me, and we're going to get it fixed, and I'm never going to call you that either, right? And so then shame, here's what happens. We do that stuff, it becomes shameful, right? And shame is never a part of discipline. It's never a part of discipline with God, and it's, shame is not a part of discipline, period. God will never shame you. God will never shame anyone, ever, ever. And we may shame ourselves, but God never will. And so we don't shame our kids. 
We don't shame our kids. Plus, when we correct in private, it gives us a chance to let our kids marinate on what they just did wrong, what they just did that's against the grain or not about who we are, where we're going, or why we're here, right? And here's the good thing about it. When we train this way, when we teach this way, when we lead, when we parent this way, nine times out of 10, our kids can tell us what they did wrong and they can self-correct. And that's really where we want to be. By the time they get to their teenage years, we want them to be able to self-correct. We're essentially... We can take the bumpers down and they know this is the lane, right? When they start self-correcting, we're getting somewhere. So then we don't threaten them. There's not a, you wait till we get home, right? You go to your room, you wait till I tell your mom, you wait till I tell your dad, okay? By the way, we're equal opportunity correctors in this house. And so then remember this, couple, two things. When it's over, it's over. Remember that, when it's over, it's over. Move on quickly, make time to cry if there's a time to cry depending on the action step that you took. Don't let them sulk. There's a big difference between crying and sulking, okay? And then get them back to whatever it was. Give them a time and go back. Love them well, we're gonna pray, we're gonna hug, we're gonna love, we're gonna affirm who they are, right? And we're gonna get them right back to fun as soon as possible. Get them right back. No more solitary confinement, letting the devil beat up on them, right? Now, we don't have adolescent kids, so I'm not going to pretend that I know how to raise kids in that age range. But I hear it's a blast. I hear it's a blast. Proverbs 12, one says this, to learn, you must love discipline, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Man, I love that. Just tell me how it is, okay? This is speaking to both parent and child. You must learn, you must learn. To learn, you must love discipline, but whoever hates correction is stupid. The truth is this. If we plant the word in our kids' hearts, I believe this is all in my heart, God will make it grow. It's God's responsibility. We're taught to train a child up in the way they should go, to plant the word in their heart. And if we're consistent in that, in our part as sons and daughters of God, then we'll raise great kids, right? As sons and daughters of God. I believe this. When discipline is connected to truth, it becomes who you are and the proof is in what you do. I started with that and I end with it. It's not just a behavior, it's a belief. It's not religion, it's relationship, right? Period. It's not just a behavior. It's a belief. Knowing this is the right thing to do. This is the right way to be. It's who God has called me to be. It is who I am. It's why our kids can say today, if you said, who are you? They would say, child of God, probably. And they would probably say their name. And then you would say, no, who, who are we as Otis's? We are thankful, honest, obedient, respectful, positive, and encouraging. It's who we are. And those values fuel our mission. And that mission gets us to our vision of being examples of who Jesus is. Father, we love you. Thanks so much for the opportunity to share about solid kids today. (sighs) Thanks for letting me and Heather lead this, um, even though every day is new and (laughs) and different. (laughs) And we see so many crazy things in our kids, Lord. Um, It's an incredible ride being a dad. And I would speak for Heather and say she feels the same as a mom. And the gifts you've given us with her kids are amazing. And the gifts that you've given people who are listening or watching are amazing gifts. And so I just ask you to help us to raise our expectation of our kids or to not limit them by our minds or by what we had or what we saw or what we did as kids. Lord, but you'd help us to raise our expectations and believe, Lord, that your word planted inside of our kids' hearts multiplies at a rapid rate that we can't comprehend. And sometimes our kids have better perspective than we do. 
And so I appreciate that. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that you've allowed me to see that in our kids. And I thank you for the example that our kids get to be, Lord. It's not easy. It is a grind. It's tough. It's difficult. It is heavy sometimes. And it is always constant. There's never a dull moment in raising kids, Lord. And so I just thank you for those who do have kids and for the kids who are watching and listening today, that they would take something from this, that the guys and girls listening would be and take note of what it means to be obedient and to be honoring. Lord, those are the two biggest things we can learn as we move on to the rest of our life, especially when we move forward loving other people like you love us, Lord. I thank you for helping people to take this word today and lodge in their heart, help them use it every day in their lives, Lord, especially as we are kids and as we raise our kids. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that God gave you revelation, that you were enlightened, and that you can see more of what God has for you. Make sure you take this message one step further by following through with our action steps so you can grow deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about who we are or what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at churchredefined.com. You can follow us on social media at Redefined Church, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Vimeo, or Apple. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your life. I'll talk to you soon.